I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Detroit Red, Red, oh, <laughs> Detroit Red Wings edition. I'm going to blame that on the Flyers because they scrambled my brain today. <laughs> I am an emotional and physical mess as a result. So <laughs> I am joined by Peter, who I've decided I'm going to call Pete today. Sure, that's fine. Winging it in Motown, which as I'm sure you know is the... Detroit Red Wings blog on the SB Nation Network. Pete, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good. Uh, for a second, I thought we were going to talk about Wet Hot American Summer there, and I got very excited. That would be fun. <laughs> Maybe uh, next time. Next yeah. time we can do that. Next yeah. time we play the Red Wings, we'll just talk about Wet Hot American Summer and other things go. related to the 90s classic sketch comedy show, The State, which is, <laughs> and if you haven't watched it because you guys are like 22, go find it. It's great. Yeah. Anyway. So I know you're a Wings guy, and mm-hmm. technically this little podcastlet is supposed to be about the Wings-Flyers game that's taking place yeah. tomorrow night, but um, I feel like some stuff has happened, and maybe we should just talk a little bit about it. I've been asking people over the last week or so, as the Flyers have devolved into more and more madness, I've been kind of asking people to give me an opinion of what it looks like from the outside. Because obviously as Flyers fans and Flyers people, will, we're in this bubble and we, it's like an echo chamber of craziness <laughs> all the time. So sometimes I think it's fun to get like an outside perspective on what the team looks like. So since I was going to ask you that anyway, mm. why don't I ask you about what the outside perspective is on the craziness that went on in Flyers land today with Dave Haxtall finally getting fired after sort of being fired yesterday and then not being fired. And then they had an off ice workout that was actually him getting fired. It was like a whole thing. So I'm curious to know what you think about it. I mean, it kind of seemed like if you go back to the French revolution, like a public execution Hmm. where they just did not sharpen the guillotine. (laughs) And so like, it took them like 10 times to just like, push their way through the neck um had to bring out the guy in the hood with the axe they were like all right we can't anymore exactly they're like this is just too much um you know it's like a combination of that and like the simpsons uh the simpsons clip it's like he's dead or like like just stop just stop he's already dead um oh, man. yeah i mean it, it's it's definitely been one of the biggest nhl sideshows this year which is probably saying a lot um on one level, it definitely made me feel good to know that we're not the only team that is constantly complaining about our coach. Yeah. That was that was definitely nice yeah. to uh, to kind of have that feeling. Um, and as a former Islanders fan, uh, I still talk to some people who are currently Islanders fans, and I know they have been feeling that way for uh, well, not this year, you know, because they have a Stanley Cup winning coach. Um, but in many previous years, uh, you know, Jack Capuano somehow hanging on for probably five years after his shelf life. I don't know if that's the right number, but it feels like it. Um, and then Doug Waite not really seeming like he was, you know, ready to be an NHL coach. I, I think down the road, Doug Waite could probably be a good NHL coach. I just don't think he was ready. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was definitely an interesting perspective because I don't really know too much about him. 
Yeah. Other than what I read on Twitter. And I have, you know, the perspective I have based on him on Twitter is that he is not good. That would be the general consensus. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, it's a weird thing where, like, now at this point, I feel bad for the man Mm. because the way that the Flyers handled this was just a cluster from start to finish. Mm. Um, But despite him being, like, you know, a saltine cracker of a man, (laughs) he's, like, a nice guy. And I'm sure he he thought what he was doing was going to work on the NHL level, just didn't. So it was time (laughs) to end. Actually... Just to segue a little bit because I'm a professional. One of my favorite things that you ever did on Twitter was like mm-hmm. a running commentary on things like a saltine cracker that Dave Haxtell is. And I think that you have a couple for me and I'm excited to hear them. Okay. So um, since we talked this afternoon, I've actually come up with a couple more. Awesome. Um, and, and I changed one from what I used to have to make it, I think, a little bit better. So um, in no particular order, this is my top seven. Oh, okay. uh, list of because, uh, you know, like Kelly said before, what, what used to happen was when we would play the Flyers on Twitter, I would spend most of the game comparing Dave Haxtall to different things. And so here, so here's my list. I'll, I'll go through it pretty quickly. Um, I think they're funny, but some people might not. So that, that's OK. Um, all right. So the first one you heard, because I, I, I put it on Twitter before, uh, a teacher at Hogwarts whose subplot got cut because test audiences didn't care. <laughs> Um, the assistant manager at the last blockbuster video. Yes. <laughs> the guy on the team in a Mission Impossible movie who dies in the opening sequence. <laughs> uh, the dad of one of the Cobra Kai kids in a Karate Kid remake. Oh my god. Uh, the third brother of Owen and w- Luke Wilson's characters in the Royal Tenenbaums. Okay, that's my favorite one. I've already decided. He, he definitely has the Wes Anderson vibe. Yeah. Um, and so here's the last two, uh, and these are brand new. Uh, the guy in the Last Jedi who yells at Kylo, Kylo Ren a lot. <laughs> I, I just just in case i do know what his name is um I, I just think it's funnier if i call him the guy and then the last one uh i came up with this shortly before airtime uh one of the parents in charlie and the chocolate factory who can't control his awful child oh my god those are so good <laughs> i know that everyone who's listening to this is laughing hysterically because those are so good and so <laughs> and i'm now obsessed with the idea of him being owen wilson's brother <laughs> yeah who like he also says wow a lot, but like with mm. no facial expression. Mm. <laughs> okay, those are great. Just real quick, as, as a quick, quick kind of yeah. like side note, have you ever seen the video where they replace all of the lightsaber sounds in a scene with the Owen Wilson wow? If not, okay, no. once we're like, like, don't stop now, obviously. Keep listening, listeners. Yeah. Once we're done, you know, put it, put this podcast away. You know, I know you're going to listen to it a, a couple more times, but you know, just wait and uh, YouTube that because it is unbelievable. I know what I'll be doing the second that we're done. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else can do it too when they're done listening. Okay. Yeah. So we're recording our flagship podcast tonight. So I've got to talk about this for at least another hour. <laughs> oh boy. So take a little break. Yeah. Take a little <laughs> break and talk a little bit about actual hockey, which is apparently a thing that the Flyers are going to still do despite <laughs> blowing up. So we're recording this Monday, obviously. Tomorrow night, we've got the Detroit Red Wings for the first time this season. And it's kind of hard for me to make fun of your franchise just because, you know, things. <laughs> but the thing is, like, a lot has gone on with the Red Wings over the last couple of years that has kind of landed them in a spot that historically we are not used to seeing the Red Wings being in. Which yeah. is Sucking. Yeah, perpetually bad and 
kind of a terrifying bleak outlook at the future. So let's just get into some broad things about the Red Wings. Um, and kind of the first thing I want to talk about was, I mean, obviously it's a team in transition. Um, seems like the front office is going to change at some point. Um, you know, there's a lot of players that you're going to hope, I'm assuming, get gone at some point. But is there a young core of this team? And do they give you any confidence for the future? Yeah, uh, that's definitely obviously a really good question. And it, it definitely made me um, look up a uh, – maybe remember to open up the Cap Friendly page because mm -hmm. I had forgotten to do that. Uh, so, oh, my God. The <laughs> Yeah, she she's like she she really wants to participate. Um, well, I I I I think that what's interesting is if you look at the Red Wings scoring leaders right now, mm -hmm. and you go down one two three four five six seven. Okay, so Dylan Larkin has thirty two points in thirty four games. Now, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, Coming into this season, uh, this was uh, last season was was uh, when he was going to get his contract. And actually, a couple days before he signed, I wrote an article about what I thought would be the better option, which would be to bridge him rather than give him a long long term contract. And I wasn't sure enough that he was going to take the next step forward not only offensively, but as a well-rounded player. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like I knew he would be a good player, but I didn't know if he was going to be worth what you would give him on a long-term deal now. Um, so I'm still going to obviously wait until the end of the season to really kind of talk about this, but I think there's, there's definitely a good chance I was wrong uh, because he has really – he's been easily the Red Wings' best player. Um, every night on the site, uh, we always have the, you know, the, the player of the game from our, our, uh, our editors, you know, writers and editors, and it's almost always Dylan Larkin in the top two or three picks. Um, Thanks. now he, there have been a little bit of troubling signs last game against the Islanders. We, uh, actually, I, I live in the Northeast and I was actually at that game and <laughs> we took six straight penalties. Um, two of them were on Larkin right in a row, like Without, I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong about this. He got out of the penalty box on the first penalty and didn't get off the ice before he committed the second penalty. Oh boy! Um, and they they were both like he was trying to do too much. He was trying to make the defensive play, and he just stuck his stick in and just tripped the guy. Um, so anyway, so Dylan Larkin uh, is easily our best player. Um, but then we have Gustav Nyquist second in points with 30, 30 points in thirty four games. So obviously that's almost a point a game. Now, he's not part of the young core, but he's still on quite a tear this season. But then we have Andreas Athanasiu, who held out last year in the beginning. And I honestly thought that he was done. I thought that they were going to trade him. I'm very happy, again, to be wrong about that because he's really dedicated himself to playing uh, offensive and defensive game this year. Um, but then just, just real quick, then we have Nielsen, who's obviously not a young player. But then we have Tyler Bertuzzi. He's fifth in scoring. He's another young guy. Then we have Mike Green, again, not young. But then Anthony Mantha is is there. Now, now you're not going to see him because for the second time in three years, he's broken his hand in a fight. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, obviously, I know the Flyers have the Broad Street Bullies reputation and everything, which I know the game has obviously changed since then. But we have a bad habit of having players like Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha start fighting to defend their teammates rather than, I don't know, just an applicator who doesn't do anything else. And if somebody's going to break their hand on somebody's helmet, I would rather have it be just an applicator. So, yeah. 
that's understandable. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, when you lay it out like that, I mean, there is some something to build off of there, which sure. I think is good. Um, but obviously, one of the biggest problems for you guys is that Ken Holland has kind of hamstrung you guys. Is that a word? It is now. Mm-hmm. He's kind of hamstrung you as far as the cap goes. Um, you guys are right up against it, and it's not really yielding any results. So um, has there been any, any indication of how they plan to move on from these contracts, if they can at all, if they can do some like Ron Hextall, send Chris Pronger to Arizona magic to clear up some space? Well, I... I actually think there is. Um, I'm the. It's interesting because I'm the type of person who I will not be slamming Ken Holland nearly as much of as a lot of the commenters on our website do, who basically have this reflex action. Um, I, now, now, don't get me wrong. I have written many articles where I criticize the deals that he has made. Uh, for example, we brought Trevor Daly on a couple years ago, and I said I like Trevor Daly. I really wish we didn't sign him, uh, but you know, like like he seems to be a good guy. A lot of people like him. Obviously, he won, you know, in Pittsburgh. Um, but he, just as a short side note, he's been incredibly disappointing this year which is which is bad because i like the guy but it's just it's really hard so the short version is actually yes there is a light at the end of the tunnel as long as either ken holland or whoever is going to be in charge in the near future hint hint wink wink nudge nudge um makes smart decisions which I know a lot of Red. If, if any Red Wings fans are listening, they're like, well, Ken Holland's not going to do that. But he's actually done really well the last couple years overall. Yeah. Um, like, for example, he did re-sign Thomas Vanek to a one-year contract. In the past, that would have been like four oh. years, no move clause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, yeah. like So, he signed him to a one-year deal. He signed Mike Green to a two-year deal. Now, on like I really would not, I personally would not have signed Mike Green again. I I was against that because we have a a log jam of young young defensemen that need to come up, and yeah. so I really wish we didn't sign Mike Green. But at the same time, we did. But it's only two years, and I think he has a new. I think he has a no trade clause this year, but it runs out before the deadline next year. So oh. he is making good deals in terms of setting it up so that we are not going to be hamstrung by bad contracts. Like you said before, we do have a couple bad ones that I really want to get away from. For example, like I said, Justin Ablocator is signed for four more years after this at 4.25, which is probably the worst contract we have. Um, but like, for example, if you look on the defensive side, everybody's gone after next year. Mm. The only exception is Danny DeKaiser. We have them for a couple more years after that. But like we could have a huge turnaround on the blue line. We could have four or five defensemen that aren't currently on the team in two years. Hmm. So we're we're not nearly as bad as we used to be because Ken Holland has made some some better deals. But I mean, you're not wrong that we definitely did uh get dug into a giant hole. And yeah. so as so I will say, he is doing a good job of of trying to get us out of it uh for whatever little short time he has left. Yeah, so you've kind of answered my next question a little bit i think which (laughs) technically not my last question if we're going in the order that i sent them to you but i'm going to jump around a little bit sure Um, so like the the flyers have been saying for a while you know like we're two years away we're two years away Mm. just wait a little bit longer and we're going to be there and i was wondering if you thought that you could see that little bit of light at the end of the tunnel and it sounds like you can which is good for you guys 
Yeah, overall, um, I mean, I, I, as, as you know, I'm, I'm somebody that likes to talk a lot, so I'm going to try to cut this a little short. Um, but yeah, like definitely, like, like this year we saw uh, Dennis Chalowski, uh made the team out of training camp, and he, he was not the four, he was not the defenseman that I thought would make the potential one spot we had. But you know, for Flyers fans watching tomorrow night, um, watch him. He is, he's an NHL player, and I'm not going to say he's going to be a top pair guy. He he has an outside chance of being that good, but he's definitely going to be, I would say, like a solid second pair NHL defenseman on a good team. He's very slick. Uh, he can move the puck really quickly. He doesn't get nervous. You know, he you know he doesn't get nervous like some rookies do. Um, and combine him with uh, Philip Sedina, you know, yeah. probably coming next year. Joe Valeno is torching the queue this year. Uh, Jonathan Bergren. Uh, you know, Jarek McKay, Jared McIsaac on defense. Again, he's not going to be a superstar, but he's probably going to be a pretty solid guy. So in two years, I think the Red Wings are going to look a lot different than they do right now. Yeah, I'm one of these people, I'm on record as saying it a million times, I like when storied franchises are good. Mm. So I'm, despite Me the too. fact that, <laughs> yeah, despite the fact that the my very first year of being actually into hockey, the Detroit Red Wings destroyed my soul. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. I, I, I am. <laughs> They're a team that I would like to see do well because mm. I think that when storied franchises are good, it's good for hockey. So mm. I'm ready for the Red Wings to be competitive again. And speaking of that, yeah. why, why haven't the pizza people brought Stevie Y home yet? What are they waiting for? Um, I think it's a combination of a couple things. Mm-hmm. Like, number one, technically he's still under contract with Tampa Bay. Okay. Now that – as I've as I've written in our contract in, in our, sorry as I've written in our comments many times, mm-hmm. that doesn't really mean anything because yeah. Lou Lamarillo was still a consultant with the with the uh, the Leafs when he left to go to the Islanders. We've had many instances of this happening, so that's not really keeping it from happening. Yeah, because as you know, um, yeah. the coach, our next coach, Joel Quenville, is still under contract with the Blackhawks, so you just find a workaround. It's fine. Exactly. And um, as a Red Wings fan, I am hope, holding out hope that the the whole Joel Quenville thing is wrong. Not not to disparage our, our mutual friend, Steph, because I love Steph and she is fantastic. Um, but I'm holding out hope that maybe the source that said that to her is wrong. Because uh, I would never say that Steph is wrong. But in, in, in this case, from what I understand, the information that she got when she when she tweeted out about it, uh, what, yesterday, two days ago, um, yeah. came from somebody else, right? So she was getting it from a source. So um, I'm hoping that that source is incorrect because I really want Joel Quenville. <laughs> um, I want him to be the next Red Wings coach once, like you said, CVOI takes over. And I, I think there's a couple of things. I think, um, I think he'll probably take over at the end of this year. Like this off season is my guess. Um, I think there, there might be some, some, question about what Ken Holland is going to do next. He's uh, widely rumored to take over the Seattle GM job, but who knows? Maybe he won't. Um, but regardless, he's not going to get fired. This is one thing that we always talk about. He's not going to get fired. Um, if he doesn't take another job, he will get bumped upstairs to another position or Steve Eiserman might come in as a higher position, but really kind of running the day-to-day operation. So I would be incredibly shocked if Steve Eiserman is not the gen- next either general manager of the Red Wings or somebody in that position. He's he's going to be here at yeah. some point. Yeah, there, there's too much smoke not for there to be a fire. It seems like a foregone conclusion. I mean, even when we fired Ron Hextall, there were Flyers fans who were like, "Oh, get Stevie Y, get Stevie Y," and everyone's like, 
nah, dude, he's going home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, there's no other plan for him. I don't think. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, just like Chris Daughtry, he's going home. <laughs> that was a terrible reference. Mm. I will mock you for later, but I'll, I'll let it slide for now. Um, I'm okay with that. You already gave us <laughs> someone that we should watch for on the mm. ice. And I would like to know if there's a flyer that you like watching whenever our teams play each other. Oh, um, if it's okay with you, I'm going to change that a little bit slightly and talk about there's, there's a flyer I'm interested in watching next game. Ready. Because from what I understand from reading the interwebs, there's a good chance that Carter Hart makes his NHL debut tomorrow. He is, in fact, going to be starter Hart tomorrow. Okay. So, so I am looking forward to him, number one, getting his first NHL shutout. And number two, scoring his first NHL goal against us because that's what always seems to happen. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely going to have an ISO cam on Carter Hart every time uh, every time he gets to puck with our net pulled. That's pretty much I think the only <laughs> that's the only outcome that Flyers fans will accept without <laughs> criticizing their 20 year old future franchise goaltender. So I I kind yeah. of need that to happen too. If he yeah. lets in You're one welcome. goal, yeah. I might have to like quit this part-time job and <laughs> I'm not going to be able to deal with the takes. Um, yeah. So I'm actually really looking forward to Carter Hart too. I'm terrified of it, but it should also <laughs> be fun. Maybe. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Can go either yeah. way. One of two. Fingers crossed. Let's it's go. It's going to be fun yeah. or it's going to be an absolute nightmare. Nothing. Yeah. Real. <laughs> so speaking of, you need to now give me your shot uh -huh. Game prediction for how you think this is going to end up. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to do what I usually do. And I think we're going to lose. So I'm going to predict that we win. Mm, um, I'm going to predict. Usually. I'm going to predict 4 2 Detroit. Okay. Is it a hard 4 2 or is that fourth goal an empty netter? Um, let's say four, four goals on your goalie. Okay. So for the record, I've gotten my prediction nail on right one time this <laughs> i am excellent at this there you i'm go. going to say for once i'm going to be super positive and i'm mm -hmm. going to say that today's craziness is going to inspire the flyers to remember how to play hockey they're going to do a bunch of good things and i'm going to say three one flyers okay that's what I'm going with. There we go. Three one so flyers. two goal difference, right? We're good. Yeah. Three one mm -hmm. flyers and Carter Hart has no shot on that one. Okay. Yeah. He's going to be perfect. And I like Andrew McDonald's going to do something stupid and the puck's going to end up in the net. So that'll be like his real introduction to being a flyer. That's well, I mean, that's, that's never happened before. So come on. Come on. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I'm talking Yeah. That's a crazy prediction. Andrew McDonald is, is solid and reliable in all three zones and he's never done anything wrong. And it's like, <laughs> All right, so I think we've covered everything. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. I like when they're fun like this. I like talking talk too much, but this was great. <laughs> so, Detroit Red Wings, tomorrow, mm -hmm. 7 p.m.? Yep, I just looked it up. All right, 7 p.m. <laughs> on NBC Sports Philly, I'm sure. Once again, I was joined by Peter Flynn of Winging It in Motown. You can find him on the Twitter at, at @pflynnhockey. right? Yep, that's it. Yeah, nailed it. Um, so give him a follow. He's actually really fun. Talks a lot about all kinds of hockey, not just the Red Wings. Pete, thank you very much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Let's go Flyers. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. 
and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>